Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another special edition, a Q&A edition of the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I am your grateful co-host, Ashley Van Houten, aka The Muscle Maven, and Ben has very nicely allowed me to intro this episode because this is what, I think our fourth or fifth Q&A now? At least, yeah, I think, Something yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And it seems to be going well. I mean, I haven't gotten a lot of like hate DMs (laughs) on Instagram. So I think people are enjoying it relatively. So, and I'm grateful that they are and that I'm still sticking around and able to ask you questions, but I'm very excited to be here and I'm glad that you were able to take some time in a pretty crazy week for you because you're gearing up to do a lot of stuff over the next couple of weeks, right? Like you're going to be in London, I think when this one airs. Right. So let's be honest first, Ash, you're a much better podcast host than I am. Yeah, but I need to get the the muscles and the likes first. Then you get the respect. I think that's a Scarface line. I don't know. I think people just like hearing you ask questions and and maybe they like perspective that we both offer, which has been awesome. And and you're right. We have had amazing Mm -hmm. feedback. The listens and downloads have gone up and everyone's loving it. So thank you for you for being here and asking such great questions. And thank you to the audience for tuning in, giving us your great reviews and sending in such awesome questions as well. Yes. So I'm uh, off to actually off to Washington, D.C. this week to do a one-day course in uh, DMV Iron and then off to the U.K. to do the Health Optimization Summit, which is going to be awesome. My first kind of foray into talking about health optimization, longevity, and biohacking, which will be fun, a very different topic for me, even though it still will be this muscle-centric conversation around, you know, life optimization, but it's going to include a lot more than that. It's going to be the mindset piece. It's going to be how to integrate the mind body interface, uh, talk a little bit about breathing, about HRV, and things that people just aren't looking at, right? I think a lot of people in this quote-unquote science community like to be very dogmatic, like to be very myopic around one topic and and they overlook these other things. So I'm going to be busting some myths over there and then a class in Manchester for three days, a class in Iceland for three days with my great buddy, Dr. Jordan Shallow, and then back Another large Canadian, eh? Another um, large Canadian. And then <laughs> back to mm-hmm, spend another week yep. with my kids before I go to Costa Rica for 10 days to teach down there with the Apiron group, which is super exciting. Uh, I have no idea what I'm teaching there, but it's going to be along the realms of high performance, high achieving. And then I hopefully will get some time to breathe. Yeah. Hopefully you can breathe in between all of that a little bit too. <laughs> but, uh, I, though, right? I wouldn't take it any other way. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's pretty cool, the Health Optimization Summit, because I've obviously been doing some research on it. I think it's awesome that they have a pretty wide range of speakers and guests. And like you obviously stand out from a, a sort of like f- sheer physical perspective, but also the approach that you're bringing. I'm going to wear short shorts on stage. Please so do. Please do. <laughs> Um, or at least one of those, like the old school, like workout tanks that are just like a, like the string tops. It's like your entire body. Just straight Richard yeah, Simmons, beautiful. right? I'm just going straight to Richard Simmons. Yeah. Beautiful. But like, you've got folks like Dave Asprey that are going to be speaking and I know you're going to connect with him and record a podcast. But I mean, I think it's really cool that they're recognizing um, that there are different perspectives that can be brought to this, this topic. I would love to go up there and have not a debate, but a conversation about how all these things integrate, right? That's where the value is for me. And that's what I really want to make to this podcast that I come back is like, you know, Dave's talking about one thing, like every, every expert seems to have their focus, right? Most of them, they focus on one or two things, but the integration of all those pieces is really where the beauty is, right? So you have somebody talk up there about fasting, you have somebody talking about DNA, you have somebody talking about biohacking, you have somebody talking about aerobic exercise and training and veganism and keto and, and carnivore. But the integration of these, these, all of these pieces is really where the beauty lies. And I think that's 
what I'm going to bring to that conversation. It's like, hey, let's synthesize all this stuff and think about how it applies to anyone in any different situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exciting. And I think you've got a bunch of awesome podcast guests lined up while you're there. So you're going to come back and have like a ton of really kind of cool, interesting content coming back from that. Yeah, Aubrey de Grey is um, kind of the godfather of longevity, right? And that's super exciting. Dan Stickler is another guy who's the, you know, he's kind of become a mentor of mine, man, super bright. He was on the podcast in the past, you know, before even who he was. And, and now I realize he's this brilliant savant guru who is you know, maybe the best in the world right now teaching the integration of epigenetics with, you know, current biometrics like, uh, you know, blood and, and HRV and super, super brilliant guy. And obviously Dave Asprey will be a big one and um, a couple other ones as well. So I'm pumped. Mm-hmm. And talk a little bit more about these muscle camps that you're doing with Jordan Shallow, because you said you've got a couple coming up. And I think, are there spots still available for some of these? Yeah. So the way we do it is we kind of have two tiers. So you can come and join us for one day, which is exclusively a seminar. It's going to be a full day seminar. And that allows us to get a large group of people in, right? That's a little more affordable, a little more realistic cost. And that's one day we're going to give you everything you need to know in this, you know, eight or nine hour window. And it's going to be like drinking from a fire hose, but you're going to leave with huge amount of information that's applicable to you. And then we do the three day version, which is an extension. It's a one day plus two days. And the three days is going to be, you know, that one day. And then we dive into two days of really, really focused training with a smaller group. So we'll dive a lot deeper into giving each person value. I mean, I'll tell you, like, we're so blessed that uh, we get to travel the world and these things sell out. And the UK right now is pretty close to being sold out for the third, the three days uh, for the Manchester camp, which is at uh, Frontline Fitness. And then the one day we always can make more space. Like we've had up to 60, we could probably do a hundred. We could certainly change venues if we needed to, right? If there's that many people that want to come and we try to make that one affordable for really anybody. And then there's Iceland, which is lots of space available for. I think there's a bit of a language barrier thing there with Iceland because all of our marketing has been in English, mm-hmm. but understandably like people who attend need to be able to speak English because unfortunately I don't speak Icelandic. Mm. Um, but if, if anyone wants to join, there's still some spots available. You can find out everything about that on Muscle Camp. Awesome. Have you been to Iceland before? I haven't. And I'm definitely going to go swimming. Yeah, you have to go, even though it's like super touristy. I've been there once. You have to do the Blue Lagoon, like the crazy natural hot springs, because it is a really, really cool experience. It's just beautiful. The landscape in Iceland, it's like you are on an alien planet. It's nuts. The first time, well, the only time I went there, I remember thinking, like I got off the plane and I'm driving to the hotel and I'm going to Reykjavik and I'm like, what is so weird and different about this place besides the fact that it's beautiful and exotic, whatever? There's like no trees. It's like you're on a giant giant rock, like truly, but it's gorgeous. And the people are good looking and everybody there is super strong. Like, you know, there's like a huge strength culture there, right? Yeah. So um, that will be an interesting experience, but yeah, make sure you and Jordan do some like pose downs in the blue lagoon and take pictures for social media. Well, we're going to go train at Thor's gym, which will be fun. So he invited us, but unfortunately he's going to be in London the week we're teaching and he's going to head back to Iceland after. So we stick around a few extra days. He's invited us to train with him, but. That would be amazing. If that doesn't happen, you have to make it happen at some point. Like, but training with him, I think really means um, putting his plates on for him and. um, (laughs) Yeah, that guy's. He might actually eat my leg after for dinner. Uh, But he also has good taste. He's married to a Canadian. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. She looks like a normal sized human. And beside him, that's odd. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about something else just recently. You were talking about the folks that you're going to meet up with in London and someone who was kind of a bit of a mentor to you. And that's a really good segue into a question that you got 
on social media because in a recent Q&A, we were talking about this awesome sort of exclusive mentorship program that you're working on. Um, but there was a question posed that was, who are your mentors? Like, who are the people that you're looking up to? or And has that changed as you your goals have evolved? Yeah, I have a lot of mentors, right? And the quote is always, we stand on the shoulder of giants. And that's the only way I can you know, continue to improve myself. And so in bodybuilding, I had many mentors you know, in person and many mentors from afar who I didn't know, but who I aspired to be like. And, you know, the, the people who were closest to me probably had the greatest impact, certainly. And, and, you know, it's almost like mentors, or you may even want to call them angels, right? Like people that come into your life that looking back on it, you know, at the time you may not acknowledge, but looking back on it, they were exactly what you needed at the exact right time to allow you to develop into the person you are. And, um, mm-hmm training partners and, and uh, people who taught me things about exercise. And the, the list is so long, I don't even want to start to mention because I'm going to leave people out. I've talked about this in a previous episode, actually, like, you know, my, my mentors in the exercise space, you know, Eric Seifert, who's been on the show, Tom Purvis has been on the show, Peter Shason, who unfortunately passed away, was probably my greatest influence, training partners, the list is massive. Moving along into current, you know, mindset stuff, you know, Tony Robbins is probably the first ever. Tony Robbins and Wayne Dyer and Jim Rohn, actually, they call those my three first mentors in the personal development space. So if anyone doesn't know Jim Rohn, he's the king. Like him and Wayne Dyer are probably the guys who started the whole self-improvement space. Obviously, Napoleon Hill is on that list as well. Um, But those guys, just like from their ability to communicate a message to having this amazing altruistic desire to help, you know, made a massive shift in my life. Tony Robbins was just the guy who who made me take on this attitude of get off your ass and stop feeling sorry for yourself and get shit done. Those were probably the biggest influences early in my life. And now it's endless, right? It's daily. I'm I'm running into people who motivate me. I think that it's, it's really cool and important that you mentioned that you can have sort of more of an informal or almost in hindsight view of mentorship and also that people who are as successful as you are, because you know a ton of people look up to you as a mentor, whether they've worked with you or met you or not, but knowing that people who are super successful are still always looking up to other people, I think is important. And the reason why this kind of really resonates with me is that I have throughout my life had a really hard time finding mentors or even understanding the importance of them. And I can always look back and say my mother was a mentor to me, obviously, because I look up to her and I respect her greatly. And she has very strongly influenced my life and and the way I move through the world. But I see all these other people, and especially women, because I think sometimes women are more vocal about it, talking about other women they look up to and the importance of having strong women in their lives and things like that. And I always kind of had like a really cynical view of it, like thinking, well, I don't want to put anybody on a pedestal because people are people and we're all humans and we all make mistakes and no one's perfect. And for me to look at somebody like they're a perfect vision of what I want to be, I think that's like, I didn't like it. Like it didn't sit well with me, right? But the more that I obviously grow up and and become a little bit more mature, I realized that's not what it's about. It's not looking at someone like they're perfect. It's like, what can you learn from incredible, valuable people in your life? And that's why I consider you a mentor. I consider Dr. Gabrielle Lyon a mentor because there are pieces of a lot of people in my life that I respect and I can learn from and I appreciate without thinking like, oh, they're this perfect, whatever, vision of a human being. Thanks, Ash. First, thank you for that. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Is Everyone has a piece to offer, right? And that's why you have many mentors, right? You may have a financial Mm -hmm. mentor, you may have a spiritual mentor, you may have a physical mentor and everyone kind of provides their own piece. And I think my mentorship journey started as young as 18 when I was looking for someone who was a professional bodybuilder to aspire to be like, right? I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to be a pro bodybuilder and I was like, well, who am I going to like 
model myself after who's the best person for nutrition who's the best person for training and mindset and everything and i couldn't find one i didn't understand why there wasn't one who had great attitude was a nice person didn't come off as an angry cynical human and still look great and, and perform well and have an educated approach and that's kind of when i started to kind of design my life right it's like oh well, i want to be that guy for a lot of young people and hopefully I've started to become that a little bit and still think I've a long way away. But yeah, that's really where it began for me. And it's just pieces of everyone, right? Everyone contributes to the overall vision, provided you have one. Um, you just find those people that put together this avatar, this Frankenstein human yeah. being that ultimately becomes the greatest version of you. So if we can impact anyone in any small way, then you're doing it well. And I think mm-hmm. you know, my vision is always to impact people in every way and try to be the most complete person I can. Um, doing, you know, obviously never any wrong to any human being and always being as honest as I can and uh, or being completely honest and uh, and working hard. And those are the things that I value in other people. And those are the things that I'll always stand true to. And hopefully I inspire people to become like that as well. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things that I get from you and also from Gabrielle, and one of the things I try to embody as much as possible, because I think it's something that can't be shown enough, is that desire and passion for learning and self-improvement always. Because again, people can see you on social media, or they can see the things you've accomplished and be like, it would be easy for you to sit back and just roll with that for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? But the fact that you are very vocal and passionate about how you're always trying to improve and learn just for the sheer sort of love of it, as well as self-improvement, obviously. But for any of us to think like, we've got it figured out, we don't need to learn anymore. I think so many people just kind of rest on that when they've hit a certain level of success. And that's the opposite of what you want to do, because life is short, and it's full of things to learn. And we should all just be kind of trying to do that all the time, I think. Yeah, it's it's voracious for me. Like, it's, it's almost at a point where I'm like, man, like, I wonder if this is ever going to go away. I'm so grateful for it right? Like by five minutes, I'm like, what am I researching? What am I looking up? There's always something that I want to learn. And I think it's just a result of the people I surround myself with. And I think, you know, you're on that list and, and this podcast is, is on that list, right? Because when I have to sit down and talk to somebody who I feel is vastly my superior in some topic, I don't want to get on and talk like an idiot. Like I need to have a basic understanding of some things. And if I take on a client and I need to know something about their health, and if I'm having a conversation with doctors or if I'm teaching at this health optimization summit, I need to have a very good understanding of all of these things. Yesterday, I had a two-hour conversation with this brilliant doctor here in Florida, and she just so well-rounded in functional medicine and optimization of health. And I'm like, okay, she starts bringing up things, and I'm going home, like you know, basically listening to seven podcasts on you know speed three on the way home because I'm like, I need to consume this information, I need to understand, and it's just I think that's part of it, right? Is your level of standard of what you're going to find acceptable in your life, and that's what made me a successful bodybuilder was never comparing myself to the people in my gym or my friends was like, no, I need to compare myself to the people who are the best in the world. And then you just become it, right? You're like, oh, well, Mm -hmm. my standard is this. And until I'm that, I'm nothing. And that's kind of how I feel in the self-optimization longevity world is like, I'm surrounding myself with the best. And like people like, oh man, you know so much. I'm like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like go talk to that guy. (laughs) And then they tell me how much I know. And that was literally when I was 17 years old, I had flex wheeler and I was like, everyone's dude, you're getting so big. I'm like, no, 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 go look at that guy. And it's kind of the same approach. Yeah. Yeah, it's that growth mindset, like the most successful people. And I think also the happiest people feel that way because that's kind of what a lot of the excitement and joy in life is, is discovery, right? Whether it's discovering things outside yourself or discovering things within yourself, but it's learning new things. If you if you really go about in the world, like you feel like you don't need to know anything else or learn anything else, that's actually a pretty like bleak life to live, I think. 
Absolutely. And if anyone has a, having a hard time finding it, it's just finding what you love, right? Right. You know, I'm writing a part of my book about this. This world we live in, I think we talked about this last time a little bit, this world we live in is not created by you, right? This world you live in is not created by you. Your beliefs, the things you like, the way you dress, the things you talk about is all instilled in you to be accepted by people and society and family and whatever. So the life many people lead is not the things that they choose, right? It's the things that were programmed into them to receive acceptance and love. So if you can start digging into actually like what you actually love to do, that's where you find the passion. That's where you find the fire, the voracious desire to, to learn and understand and consume. And if you're not there, you just maybe haven't found your thing yet. So start questioning, right? And use fear as your guide, right? The things that you're afraid of, the things that you don't want to do. Well, pursue it and see what, well, why don't I like this? Why am I afraid of this? What is here that I need to learn? And you'll learn kind of like peeling away the layers of the onion. You'll learn step after step after step. And all of a sudden, the things that you needed to learn will reveal themselves and send you down a path of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to switch topics drastically to keep you on your toes, Ben. Are you ready? Always. Okay. This was a really fun question that came in via Instagram. Actually, I posted in my stories about if you have any questions for Ben or myself. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure if this question is directed to you or to me, but a man asked it. So I'm just going to ask it of you and I'll also weigh in, but I'm interested. The question is, what is your skincare routine? (laughs) (laughs) How do you look so pretty, Ben? There isn't one. <laughs> uh, that's the honest truth. So I do not do anything artificial. Like I won't do mm-hmm. anything artificial. I shave with coconut oil. But you're not really doing that because you're rocking a beard these days, right? Right. But I still have to shave my yeah. melon and you know wherever else. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So I do shave with coconut oil exclusively. And I don't really have any other skincare regimen, to be honest. I get as What much- about like any kind of, because you're in Florida most of the time, do you do any kind of sunscreen? I know that's like actually a big topic right now. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Never. I don't do it with my kids either. My kids all have this beautiful tan. So when I started to understand the whole exposure to spectrum things, light spectrums, I just started to question whether sunscreen was ever a real thing. Like if you get some sun in the morning and you get the infrared light and you get the proper spectrums, the full array of spectrums in the morning, the afternoon sunshine is not as potentially harmful. So I try to get morning sunshine. I try to get afternoon sunshine. And uh, even if it's five minutes, like go outside, take shirt off and get some sunshine. And it doesn't have to be massive amounts. It's not like I'm trying to produce skin cancer. It's just like, hey, I'm going to get a little bit of this full spectrum of sun on my body and my face. And my kids think I'm crazy because I always stay on the side of the pool for 10 minutes before I get in. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just stay in there and just appreciating the sun. It's a time to meditate. It's a time to listen. It's a time to feel. And then I jump in and I play with my kids for as long as I can. And but yeah, so no, there's no, there's nothing really. I actually think this is kind of an interesting topic, though, because you know there is a lot of conversation these days about how sometimes sunscreen, like chemicals and the garbage that people are putting on their skin, because obviously some of these are worse than others, but they can be creating more problems than they're solving. And it's funny because my family, my mother is from Bermuda, and you know we're white people, but we tend to have a little bit like sort of olive complected skin. So we tan pretty easily, but we're white people, right? So you'd think, okay, you're going to be in this really hot environment. And she would joke, you know, in her like old school, like back in my day, kind of way. She's like, I didn't wear sunscreen and I just got a beautiful tan and my skin looks good. And she's in her sixties and she does look great. And if you look at the statistics in Bermuda, which is a very sunny place, the skin cancer levels are much lower than in places in Canada where we go months and months without the sun. And we'll, I'll have to kind of like do some research if we actually want to put some stuff in the show notes. So it's not just Ashley's anecdotal um, evidence here, but there is seemingly some evidence between 
common sense, regular exposure to the sun. And then what a lot of people who live in colder places tend to do, which is not expose yourself to the sun for months at a time. And then the first sunny day, you go lay outside for seven hours and get a horrible burn. And then, and I don't even think it's the burn. I think it's con- like, when does everyone go outside, right? You don't go outside at eight in the morning. You don't go outside at nine in the morning. You go between like 11 and four because that's when the sun is at its peak. And mm-hmm. that's the problem because you're getting most UV exposure and not enough infrared exposure. But I do think it's also a timing thing too, because sure. they, they tell you, and again, this is like, this, it relies a lot on personal individual common sense, which maybe some people don't have. But for me, for like the last four or five years, as I've learned about the problems with sunscreen, I will try to wear a hat and sunglasses for vanity reasons, because I do want to not have wrinkles on my face as long as possible. But I, I don't wear sunscreen on the rest of my body. But what I do do is I'm very aware of how long it takes for me to start feeling like I'm getting a bit of a burn or crispy, and I get out of the sun before that happens. And then I stay out and I go back in. All right. But what if you were outside in the morning and you didn't need to modulate how much time you got exposed in the afternoon? That's what I'm telling you, right? So like if you're going to be outside for four hours in the afternoon, what if you were outside from 7 a.m. until 10 a.m. and you're exposed to that infrared, which is suggested to balance out and prevent burns? See what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, that's ideal if people can do that. But also, people want to hang out when it's hot in the afternoon. That's when people want to go outside sure. and sit by the pool or whatever. So, yeah, but you have to be aware of like, hey, if I'm going to go sit up by the pool this afternoon, I should probably spend some time and, and get my skin prepared for what it's going to be subjected to in the afternoon. Right. That's fair. All right. Well, I still think it's crazy that you have, I mean, I know you're a man and everything, but like you don't do anything skincare wise, like face, hands, like you live in a hot place. You don't do anything. Nothing. No, I do a hot towel after I train every day. So we have a hot towels here at the gym. That's literally it. So high maintenance, Ben. Okay. Ah, man, that's my thing though, right? <laughs> like I, I want to be low maintenance and like, yeah, of course. I don't yeah. like being dependent on things and, and being, you know, like, oh no, I have to go get this. And like, Dental floss. That's important. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Toothpaste, deodorant. That's All right. it. I have a good deodorant. I've been using Schmidt's deodorant. I just found it like maybe yeah. two months ago. Really good. If anyone's not familiar. That works for you? Yeah, it's great. The natural stuff. So, Did you have to go through like a period of like it's oh, making you smell yeah, worse before it smells better? Yeah. How long did that last? However long it was, it was too long. <laughs> Ask any of the people who were hanging out with you for a month. It was not a good scene. Yeah. So this one's just like, I think it's baking soda and magnesium or something like that. It's a really good, it smells nice. It's kind of like not overly strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's funny because in case this question was directed towards me, which might make a little uh, bit I would say I'll turn it back on you. Now. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will absolutely speak to that. But it's funny because I'll be completely honest here. I am quite dedicated. I've always been like kind of into skincare more for like the sort of routine of it. Like I'm not overly complicated. It doesn't take a lot out of my life or my budget, but I do enjoy sort of like the nightly ritual of like kind of doing, it kind of feels nice. It's like self-care. So I have a couple options there, but I will be honest. I make a strong effort to use very natural, clean skincare products, except for deodorant. I can't do it. Like, I'm sorry, I'm putting poison in my armpits because I can't use the natural stuff. I can't go through a month of stinking. And also, I'll tell you. Well, try the Schmitz. I guarantee it's you'll like but it. But here's the problem. I'll, I'll tell you is I actually react quite negatively to the natural deodorant with baking. Is it baking powder, baking soda, whatever the that that natural ingredient is? It really irritates me. Yeah. Hmm. So I might have to kind of try to find one that doesn't have that ingredient because it really bothers me. But with that said, so it's actually funny because this one of the biggest skincare products that I use 
is a company that you partner with, which is Four Sigmatic, because they recently came out with a line of skincare products that I know. this is so amazing. It doubles as you can use it internally or externally. Like talk about a skincare company that is dedicated to real ingredients when you can straight up eat the stuff. Like It's most- actually sitting on my desk in front of me right now. I'm looking at the face mask and tonic. Have you used it yet? It is so... Oh yeah. I use it literally every day. And it's amazing. Like if people go to like, I don't know, their CVS or like Dwayne Reed and buy whatever face mask is on the shelf. I guarantee if you put a tablespoon of that in your mouth, you're not going to be feeling too hot. But this stuff is like the exact opposite. So they've got the mask, which is what you were just talking about. And then they have a serum, which is like an oil-based serum. And I use the mask almost exclusively um, orally. Like I eat it. Yeah. I'm going to try it. Do it. Like, so here's how I do it. (laughs) I'm going to read read the ingredients. So uh, cocoa powder, cinnamon, ganoderman, which is reishi mushroom, uh, chago mushroom, nutmeg, charcoal, ginseng, uh, gatu cola, which is meant to tighten your skin, ginger, citric acid, and sodium bicarbonate. Right? It sounds delicious. It sounds like something you want to put in your coffee or your hot chocolate, right? So this this is totally – the audience is like, all right, you guys plan this. This is totally not rehearsed. No, it's legit. And I literally use it every day. And and I'll even be more honest. They give you like a little wooden spoon in there too. That's adorable. I'm opening it up. Okay. Can you please take a picture? It's like – Can you make a mask and then take a picture and post it? I'm always trying to get you to post hilarious – stuff on social media of okay good. But, but listen just, it looks it's like black powder and I'm, I'm feeling like i want to put it under my eyes like i'm gonna go play like yeah a football i mean game. yeah you can put on war paint you can do however it makes you feel good but the first time that i did it i made a mask and i was like okay i like this and then i'm like oh you can you can use it internally i mixed it into my oatmeal and i'm like i like this better so i've been using it internally more than i use it as a mask because i'm like it's you know one of the best ways to take care of your skin is to take stuff in that's nourishing your body, right? Because that's one of the best indications of your health is the health of your skin. So if you have healthy skin, you're doing things right inside. So I literally use that stuff. I put it in my oatmeal every single morning. And then the serum that they have, I put that on my face at night before I go to bed. But I also literally just like put a couple drops under my tongue too. Cause I'm like, it kind of tastes good. Like it, it just makes me feel good. Like it makes me so happy that there are products that are that high quality that you literally can eat them. So anyway, that's my rant about forcing that. I wouldn't, do this one. I wouldn't eat this one before bed because it might be stimulating because it got no. too cold. Yeah, that, uh, one's my, that one's my breakfast. Cocoa. Breakfast skincare, guys. Come on. Anyway, you you have a discount though, right? If people want to buy this stuff? I do. Yes. Um, so like everyone knows, hopefully by now, that Four Sigmatic has been sponsoring me probably since the beginning of this podcast, man, because I'm like, I think the world's biggest advocate for reishi and lion's mane. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone should be using it every single day, including my children. This is... Four Sigmatic Mushroom Face and Mask Tonic, and you get 15% off because you're awesome, and Four Sigmatic is awesome too. Uh, use the code MUSCLE at foursigmatic.com, and Four Sigmatic is spelled F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C slash muscle, and that sounds like it was a plug, but it just worked out really well. Yeah, because I love that stuff, and I'll be using that discount when I run out because I harass them a lot for their products, and I can only harass them so much. But I have an endless supply of, of reishi mushroom, uh, sorry, of lion's mane mushroom and reishi. Like I hopefully will never run out for the rest of my life. If, Amazing. Yeah. You do get asked surprisingly a lot about lion's mane specifically. What is it about that adaptogen that is so exciting to people? It's highly correlated with BDNF increasing. So increasing BDNF in the brain. So the suggestion okay. was they put BDNF into um, – Sorry, they put brain cells into a petri dish with BDNF and then they start to grow. And 
everyone goes, okay, well, this is interesting. And lion's mane has very highly correlated with the production of BDNF. There's a lot, there's quite a lot of data showing that BDNF increases brain growth. So, and lion's mane increases BDNF. So one plus one equals five. Got it. Perfect. When are you using it during the day? I use it every morning. So first thing in the morning, I start my day off with, you know, a liter to a liter and a half of water and often have lemon or lime in it. And then I'll have a coffee and coffee. I'll usually use just like a little bit of coffee and a lot of water and I'll dilute it with, or I'll add three grams of lion's mane. I'll add five to 10 grams of collagen, five to 10 grams of MCT, a little bit of alpha GBC. And that's my morning blend. It's the best. And I blend it and put it into a large cup. Like I said, it's not a lot of coffee, but I put a lot of water because I dilute it. And then and the having the lion's mane, it makes it like nice and creamy as well. It's like no weird taste. And it's my favorite way to start the day. Mm. I've started the day that way often lately for like almost daily for I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half. So I was reading recently about Pu'er because we talked about um, you know me not using coffee, right? I was like, I need a substitute. And I was reading about Pu'er mm-hmm. being a very useful potential alternative to mm-hmm. coffee, but it also has caffeine. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Have you tried it yet? Because I, I, yeah, it tastes great. I think I've tried it. Great. All but right. I mean, it's, it's yeah. dark. It's a dark tea, but it has... It has I don't know how much caffeine relative to coffee, but it's a lot. Anyways, let's get back on track. All right. Yeah. Lion's Mane, good. I have some. I'm going to have to start maybe playing with it. I think we've talked about this before, but my mushroom of choice is reishi because I just, I feel like it actually does. It's That one's more of like a down regulator. Like it calms you down and helps with like anxiety and helps with sleep quality and stuff like that. So I've been doing that one at night before bed. Kind of intervention for sickness. Mm. Like if you're getting sick, I don't go to like what everyone else does, like echinacea and vitamin C, and I go to reishi, and it almost kicks me up, like, almost immediately. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe that explains why, knock on wood, I haven't been sick in a while, but it also, I feel like, helps me have a better sleep at night. So, that's that's my favorite, but maybe I'll start playing with the lion's mane, too. Do it. Your brain's going to grow. Yeah. We'll need bigger brains. I, I've been actually extensively yeah. researching everything that goes into increasing BDNF, right? So, you know, my supplements are formulated and, and ready to go. I'm just pulling the trigger on them as we speak, and the first one that I want is like, what can I take that has no negative side effects that increases BDNF in my brain? Like that's supplement one, right? I want to build my brain as much as I want to build my muscles. You know, I wanted to have the world's biggest muscles at one point, and now I want to have the world's most uh, resilient and brilliant brain. The most jacked brain on the planet. Support. Got it. Yeah. Right. Take support, right? So BDNF is like steroids for your brain. Speaking of brain health, though, because you just had Dr. Royer on the podcast, neuroscientist, and you were talking about combining neuroscience and HRV and all of that stuff to deal with your cortisol and stress and parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems and all that stuff. And one of the questions that you were asked on social media recently is kind of related to that. So since this is sort of fresh in your brain, I think the question, it was basically about how you personally use or track your HRV. Like it's one thing you've mentioned you have an aura ring, but like, how are you using it besides maybe having a baseline and then noticing when it's different? Like, how are you actually making good use of whatever information HRV trackers are telling you? So I can always tell what my HRV is, right? Like without even having a ring, I already know where my HRV is based on how I feel and my perception of my environment. So if I'm feeling a little agitated, a little short, people are getting on my nerves, I already know my HRV is in the toilet. So I don't even need an order ring on, right? Like become kind of perceptive of my physical body. And if you meditate for three seconds, you can just feel like how quickly do I get into an alpha brain state? Or am I staying in this high beta state where my brain is kind of racing? So uh, when I feel myself in this elevated 
state or this highly aroused state, which would be correlated with low heart rate variability, right? So if I'm stressed, my heart rate variability goes down. How can you start implementing things that are going to increase HRV? So what are they? Let's do some aerobic exercise. Let's do some fasting. Let's do some walking outside. Let's get some sunshine. Let's do some meditation. Things that are just forcing you to unplug, right? Phone is away, no computer, less work, definitely no stimulating supplements. So I'll pull the coffee out, um, you know, pull anything that would be stimulating out of my life and, and just spend a little more time kind of reconnecting with nature, reconnecting with myself and plugging back into this calm mind that is creative and productive and focused. And sometimes you just get in those days where you're just racing around like a chicken with the head cut off. You got a lot to do and you have to kind of plug back in, right? You're plugging the system back in and recharging the batteries. And so that's really what it is. So if you're noticing your HRV is low, look at all those parasympathetic inputs. You want to stimulate the vagus nerve to kind of calm yourself down. So that's, you know, maybe it's going for a walk outside in the sunshine. Maybe it's going in a float tank. Maybe it's doing a meditation. Maybe it's uh, connecting with loved ones and just putting your phone away for a day, disconnecting from social media for a day, um, you know, not checking your email for a day, things that you know are going to set you off. And for me, something that ends up being a very parasympathetic activity is actually planning. So if I plan my, my next day, it makes things a little bit more um, achievable, attainable, and, and less overwhelming, right? So if I'm planning my week and my day, I, I know exactly what I need to do. So I get up, I have it like chunked. I'm like, okay, this chunk, this chunk, this chunk. And I get those done and I, I feel better. And if I don't, you wake up and you're kind of in this panic mode. You're like, shit, I know I have 8 million things to do and I have no organization right now. What do I do? Where do I start? And you start basically floundering, right? You start faltering. So that's that's basically how I approach HRV. And I think one of the things that I'm hearing from you too is that it's great to have the technology and the aura rings and, and stuff like that to track and have baselines and things like that. But the ultimate goal really is to be able to sort of intuit these things and know them within yourself and not having to maybe rely on technology or outside forces to tell you, like, tell you your stress. You should know these things and also know the things you can do to to combat that, right? Right. So if, if I'm sitting there right now, or if the audiences or the listeners sitting, just sit up straight and pay attention and pay attention to where you're holding tension in your muscles. Are you holding tension in your muscles, your, your jaw, your neck, your shoulders, are any of them holding tension? If they are, relax. And if they're not, that's a great start. And then pay attention to your breathing. Is it nasal breathing into your diaphragm? Is it mouth breathing into your chest? Those things play in, right? If they're not done correctly, you can automatically tell your sympathetic arousal is high. So just pay attention, right? So that's just that 10 to 15 second meditation in the middle of the day where I'm just checking in on my body. Where is my breath? Is it high or is it low? You know, low into my belly or high into my chest? And I always want it to be low. And where's my muscle tension, right? Am I bringing my shoulders up to my ears or am I really calm and, and my shoulders are down away from my ears and really relaxed? And just feeling your body and paying attention is a brilliant way to just reconnect and become more parasympathetic. Ashley, amazing episode. Thank you so much for uh, your contribution and being amazing and hosting this Q&A. But I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you leave us a review and share with at least one person you know that know and love it. Contribute to this mission, right? So our mission is to help you... Uh, condense all this information. There's so much out there that we're trying to synthesize in a day. And, and my kind of maybe gift is the ability to look at all these parts and say, hey, what's the simple path and how can we simplify this for you and for everybody and, and how do all these things fit together? And hopefully I'm contributing in some way to your understanding of this stuff. And I'm so, so grateful for you being here, listening to this podcast. I'm so grateful for Ash 
um, you know, contributing her time to interview me and to ask these questions and, and just contribute her brilliant insights. And hopefully you guys have had a chance to get over and follow Ashley, the muscle maven on Instagram and Twitter. And um, if you like what you guys hear, we would love a review and just a big thumbs up. Uh, anytime you can. And uh, thank you very much to Four Sigmatic for sponsoring this episode. And even though it wasn't intended, it was definitely a nice segue to hear Ashley's sincere testimonial about how awesome their products are. And you guys know I'm a huge advocate and use them every day. So head over to foursigmatic.com slash muscle, and you can use the code muscle for 15% off at checkout across the board for everything you need from Four Sigmatic. Guys, have an amazing day. And I truly hope you're able to live your greatest life and love your body. Thank you so much for tuning in to Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.